Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self-acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten. Welcome to GTO Freedom for Humans, where we talk about the ways in which we as humans can free ourselves from suffering by practicing unconditional love, acceptance, and compassion for ourselves. I'm Kirsten Johansson, your host, and welcome to 2023. Goodbye, 2022, <laughs> and welcome. Let's let's uh, let's have some uh, some hopefulness. I'm going to say uh, for 2023. I have a very, very special show for you today and a wonderful guest. It is possible to be on a spiritual path and have fun as Sherry Huber, student and teacher of Zen awareness practice demonstrates in over 20 delightfully illustrated and beautifully hand-lettered books on the subject. Core to Sherry's teachings, introduced in the best-selling There Is Nothing Wrong With You, is going beyond the now ubiquitous concept of self-hate, the persistent message of self-negation ingrained in our social conditioning. As someone who suffered from depression herself, Sherry also wrote the definitive book on transcending depression. Her books introduce several innovative practice tools to wake up to our true nature, including recording and listening. Founded by Sherry in 1987, the Zen Monastery Peace Center offers a robust menu of virtual workshops, email classes, and various other programs to deepen a practice of awareness. Sherry is also the founder of Living Compassion, a project in a slum in Zambia, which provides nutrition, education, clean water, and a safe environment for 1,000 children and staff. Sherry hosts Open Air, a call-in radio show at 5 p.m. Pacific on Tuesdays. You can find Sherry at livingcompassion.org, recordingandlistening.org, and open air with Sherry Huber. Sherry Huber, welcome to Freedom for Humans. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be with you. Wow. So um, before uh, before we got on the air today, I did a little recording and listening, which uh, oh. I want to come. Yeah, I know. I want to come back to it maybe at the end because um, yeah. we want to talk about some of the core concepts, but I don't want to forget to share uh, to share that with you. Um, oh, I love it. How are you? Fabulous. Wonderful. And how is your new year yeah. so far? Beautiful. We started with uh, a retreat, and uh, that's always... We, we do everything. We end things the way we want the next thing to go. Ah. So um, we end the one year the way we want the new year to be. Uh, so we end it in awareness practice and um, being together and celebrating this. The theme of this particular retreat was uh, happiness because mm. happy new year. So we broke that down. You know, what is happy? What is happiness? And what is new? <laughs> mm -hmm. And now we have a new year. What does that mean? What do you know? What, what does that mean to us? And so it's fun. It's uh, yeah. You you mentioned something, Kirsten. It's really uh, the most probably the most essential thing to me in my life. And that is uh, to have the awareness that our authentic nature is happiness. We, it, you know, it's that's yes. so not the way most of us are conditioned, but it is our authentic nature. When we, 
uh, you know, all those things that you help people uh, clear away. When we clear all of those away, what we discover is a happy human being. And so to realize that that's, that's our nature and that it is our birthright to go through life happily, enjoying, yes. appreciating. Yeah. Yes. And sometimes I have found myself needing to go back to a time um, in my memory where that seemed, you know, that seemed to be how I was living. And, and honestly, I go back to some of my earliest memories um, which is my mom would, would, um, play airplane with me basically. I mean, she would grab me by uh, my hand and, and my foot and just swing me around the living room, like an airplane. Um, she did it. She, we had various ways of, of doing it. Um, and I have these memories of the sun just filtering into the living room. And, um, it was just her and me, I think, um, my brother was probably had started school and my dad was at work and she hadn't gone back to work yet. And, you know, we just listened to music and she would sit with me on the couch with those Richard scary books and ask me to find stuff in them. And truly when I think about my true self and, and what you've just described, our, our birthright is to just be happy in this human life. That's sometimes where I go back to because we're going to talk about this pretty soon. Something happens to us. (laughs) That's right. Yes. Yes. And, and again, the connection that you're making is, is critical. We start out happy and then stuff happens to us and it's not our fault. Because we're really little <laughs> when it begins to happen to us. When we begin to get the message that how you are is not okay. Exactly. You're not meeting the standard. You need to do this and be that and you need to remember that and don't do that and don't be that way. And you need to feel this way and, and express that way. And if you don't, then you're in trouble. Yes. Yes. And you get punished. And that is Makes us scared. Yes. I mean, and that is how I would say I'm an adventure, a guess that the vast majority of us are raised that way because oh, our parents yes. were raised that way. And That's they're right. probably even a little, they might be a little gentler even than their parents were on them thinking, well, exactly. this is how you, this is how you raise a responsible, you know, quote unquote, successful human being. Right. That's right. It, that, and that's another critical point. It's not that our parents are, were ogres, right? They, they, I mean, a lot of children come into the world not loved, let's face it. So right. we're not Pollyannaing this. But for, for most of us, we were. <laughs> People did look forward to us. They were excited. They, they did love us. They did yes. love us. And they yes. wanted to give us the best that they could which meant training us, teaching us, as you say, to be a responsible, um, respected, successful adult. And a lot of that involved punishment. Yes, it involves punishment and fear, which I I definitely want to talk with you about today. Um, So yeah, I really, um, let me just briefly, um, before we really get into the details about what is self-hate and where it comes from, we've already kind of started to talk about that. I uh, and you mentioned there is nothing wrong with you was written. Um, I think you said about thirty years ago. Yes, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was not aware. Um, I just was not aware of your book. And uh, I had heard about self-love. Okay. So that I had heard about. Uh-huh. It seemed quite a foreign uh-huh. concept to me um, mm-hmm. and something kind of silly. And I just didn't believe it. I didn't, I didn't believe that it actually existed. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I didn't know, though, I, I didn't fully understand um, at all about self-hate. So about three years ago, um, I just found myself in the most suffering I had ever experienced. Um, the, mm-hmm. the darkest place. I didn't recognize myself. I was in a, a deep pain. And I, mm-hmm. I remember, I have a visceral memory um, of sitting and thinking, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I, mm-hmm. I can't yeah. live this life anymore more. And I, you know, some, you know, my intimate partnership had ended. And so there was a lot of pain from that, that you might think is about the other person or, or what the other person did or didn't do and all that. Right. But I'm sitting in that pain. Um, and I've been, you know, I've had years and years of all kinds of therapy and, and, um, personal development and recovery and all these other things. So I do, you know, I am somebody who, um, is, self-examination is not foreign to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there and I thought, I I thought, and I felt deep, I'm here because of, of me, like whatever else has happened Mm. and whatever I've gone through in Mm -hmm. my relationships, et cetera. I just knew that, that, that it was, there was something going on with me and it literally felt Mm. like I needed to save my own life. Like that's how kind of dark and devastated I felt. So, um, yeah, sorry, go ahead, please. Well, well, no, but it's, I'm a Buddhist and, uh, you know, that, that was the conclusion that the Buddha reached as well. It's not that we don't care about others, but there's only one person we can save and that's ourselves. And each person has that role in their own life. You, you can't, nobody else can save you. You've just got to do it for yourself. Exactly. It's all, it's kind of similar to, to truly nobody else can really put you first. Not oh, really. It, exactly. They can love you. They can love you to pieces. Yes. But it, precisely. <laughs> they, nobody can meet somebody else's needs. Nobody can ever really understand anybody else. Exactly. We're it. And that, that can sound lonely and depressing, but you're going to point out to us how that's not the case. It's also can be very freeing. Yes. It can also be very free. (laughs) So, okay. So I'm in this, this I'm suffering. Um, I'm suffering. So there's pain and there's suffering. Um, And I have both, right. There's pain that is normal, normal human experience. Being human is, is kind of painful. Um, But Mm -hmm. I was suffering. And so we're seeing this, this therapist because we were trying to be friends. So we're separating and we're trying to have a friendship. And so we're seeing this therapist and, you know, I'm showing up to these appointments and I'm perfectly dressed and my hair is done and my makeup is done and I'm saying all the right words and blah, 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 because I'm a perfectionist and all this stuff. And I would catch her looking at me, like really looking at me. Like sometimes I would look and she would be looking at me in the eyes. And she just Mm. very sort of gently said, yeah, I'm going to recommend a book to you both. Um, She said, it's called, there's nothing wrong with you. And I think she characterized it as profound and deeply upsetting. <laughs> and 
Uh, and uh. I thought, hmm, that really piqued my interest. So I bought the book. And then, you know, things happen, life happens, a little bit of time goes by, the separation happens, I'm in my new place, we can't be friends, I have to end it completely, I feel like I've lost everything, mm -hmm. I'm sitting in the darkness, what feels like just utter devastation. And I, mm. I and it's, I had put your book in my, kind of in my closet, and I thought, huh, I wonder about that book. And I got up, and I walked over, and I sat down, and I read it from cover to cover I had to stop to breathe but everything changed for me that day wow. everything mm. I, I I heard myself say out loud oh my god it's all lies it's all lies and what I meant by that was all the things that I believed about myself and what I had to be and what I had to do and how I had to look and how I had to perform in order to be lovable and acceptable and somebody was all lies. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Exactly. I, I was just in, I was in shock. Absolute shock. Well, yeah. Yeah. So yes. I, I would it's, imagine it's, you. It's having, it's having the rug pulled out from under you in the most positive way. It's like the rug is pulled out and then you, it, emotionally or metaphorically or however we want to talk about it, you're back being the airplane again. Exactly. Right? It just all it, it right. It all just falls away and freedom. Ex I think exactly. is the word you used. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So let's talk about. Mm. We've started about um in the beginning to talk about, it, but let's just talk about what self hate is. Yeah. 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 And uh, it, it it's so um it's so difficult for people uh, because we can't remember when it started. You know, it's it's really wonderful that you have those memories of being uh, an airplane, <laughs> yeah. because uh, that when we can get back to that place, that we we're capable then to of having an experience of authenticity, of our authentic nature. Um, but so much of what we're conditioned to believe, you know, people will talk to me about. Um, I call it the cesspool uh, theory of psychology. You know, uh, that that people are terrified to look inside because mm. what they believe is they've got this thin veneer of decent human being. And as soon as they get under that, they're just going to it's it's a cesspool. Right. It's all this hideous stuff that they're just barely keeping under wraps and it's all going to come out. And it's, you know, all this sort of thing. So it starts out when we're tiny, tiny. You, my aunt used to say, um, we spend the first year of a child's life teaching them to walk and talk and the rest of the time telling them to sit down and shut up. Yes. And it's pretty true. Um, so we start out adored if we're, if we're one of those lucky children. Mm -hmm. And then in a very short period of time, no, no, I wish I had the statistics. Maybe you have them, uh, Kirsten, on the number of no's a child gets. Oh. say by the age of five compared to the number of yeses. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's staggering. 
Mm-hmm. So we start getting information that everything about us is wrong. Yes. Everything about us, what we think, what we feel, how we act, what we say, uh, and uh, it just it becomes overwhelming. So the only way we can survive is to internalize it. So if you're if you're my parent or you're my teacher or whatever, you said it with the when you were in therapy uh, in that last counseling session. I need to figure out what you want me to be, so right. that I can be that for you. Yes. Whatever I need to do, I need to show up the way you want me to show up because my survival depends upon it. Exactly. And I just need to stuff whatever is going on inside of me, and I grow to hate myself. Yes. I'm a phony. I'm faking. I, I am, um, uh, I'm an awful person pretending to be decent. I'm completely unlovable. This, this expression you hear from people, um, if people, if people really knew me, Uh, that kind of, if somebody really mm -hmm. knows me, then they won't, they won't like me. No, no one will ever love me. That's right. So we have Mm -hmm. to hide out and pretend and, and, uh, by the time we're adults, and we don't have to be very far into adulthood, sometimes it's just adolescence, that survival system is literally killing us. And, and as we come up um, on our break, that is, a, that is a great place, I think, to pick up when we come back, because um, I really want to talk about how this manifests in people's lives. Um, particularly mm-hmm. as they become adults, right? And and we're not getting those messages directly anymore. But as you've mentioned, um, we've internalized. We've we've be- we believe right. they're alive and well inside. We yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you are listening to Freedom for Humans uh, with Sherry Huber, and uh, we're going to pick up this discussion. We will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at giraffetangooctopus.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. 
Book your free discovery session today at giraffetangooctopus.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host. And today we're talking to Sherry Huber. And before the break, we were talking about um, self-hate and where it comes from. And we were just starting to talk about how it manifests in a person's life, particularly as they, you know, grow into adulthood and they're out of their home. And so they aren't necessarily getting any mess- messaging from, from their parents anymore, but the messages come from everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Sherry, how, how are well, the ways? It, yeah. Yeah. How does this manifest? Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, uh, that's one of the most difficult things for people to catch on to um, is that they aren't, we aren't once, once we are grown ups, uh, we're not getting those messages externally. Now, once in a while, you know, you'll meet somebody who will say something um, to you that mirrors something that you grew up believing about yourself, but very rarely. And yet internally, the voice inside the head is saying things constantly that make a person believe the reality that is being created by that voice inside the head. You know, it, well, she she thinks that you're, huh? Well, did you the? I mean, the way they looked at you when you you know, right? It's a whole conversation that goes on that is literally creating a world that we then believe is real. It's not. So one of the things that I'll tell people um, to play with is if you have a best friend, if you have somebody who you're pretty sure loves you as close to unconditionally as is possible, ask them what they think of you. And then, for God's sake, accept their opinion. Mm. Throw out the voices in the head and just go with what this person who loves you perceives you as being. It's much more accurate. Mm. Interesting. So I, you know, I, uh, as I sat there that day and had my mind blown um, and realized that everything that I believed was really made up, um, mm-hmm. I, I started to, I started to see all the ways in which it was showing up in my life. It showed up at work, right? Because perfectionism mm-hmm. is yes. by its nature, yes. self-hating because you can never yeah. be good enough. That's right. Yeah. In fact, and, I call perfectionists imperfectionists. You know, nothing counts until you get you run into something that is imperfect, and then all the bells and whistles, you know, everything, alarms go off. Right? right. Until then, all you're doing is meeting the standard. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, the standard because. So even oh. though you're not necessarily getting those same messages you got when you were, were a child, there are a lot of messages I feel about standards um, that come to oh. us from everywhere, media and 
colleagues and peers oh. and all that, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. And so, uh, first of all, of course, being female. Now, again, I don't know if it's as bad for, for men. They don't, it doesn't seem to be. Uh, but we get messages everywhere all the time. As you said, when you described how you came to your therapy session, right? Yep. It, it, yep. That's the standard. We, the perfect body, the perfect hair, the perfect, the perfect everything. Then we have to have the perfect demeanor. We, we have to be everything, right? You have to be brilliant, capable, competent, but never pushy, never anything like aggressive or um, really ambitious. Uh, and so those voices are inside our head are are ranking us, you know, <laughs> telling us how we're doing against at least a million standards. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, so it's all day long, every day and all night long, every night. It right? Is. We dream about yes. it at night and then we struggle with it all day long. Exactly. And key to that, right, is there can be all kinds of standards, right? So I can be watching TV and there's yet another face cream uh, commercial about how to, well, actually yesterday. So yesterday I was sitting with my mom and it was one of those commercials about under eye bags and how you just put this stuff on mm. and it shrinks your under eye bags and all this, right? So the message is if you have under eye bags, you're not okay. And that must oh, be fixed. Precisely. That must be fixed. How that dare is, you? How dare right. you have a human face? That, that, how dare you? How dare yeah. you? Yeah. And then and then we move to the next thing that's being sold. Yes. Right? Yes. Or the other place that it shows up. So there you are at work and you hear other people talking and they're talking about other people. Yes. Right? So there's the judgments that we hear constantly from people about other people. Well, we're not stupid. <laughs> we, we know they're saying the same thing about us. Right? We know they're and judging so us. They're, that's right. Just like we're judging them. Exactly. Right? Because we are. Because we notice somebody's bags under their eyes. We do. We notice yes. she has them. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I, I found that because, I, because mine showed up, um, my self-hate shows up. I'm sorry. We just chatted about this. Okay. So I'm, let's, let's stop there. I just said my self-hate. Self, yeah, self self That's right. Hate. Go ahead. Okay. So it's not my yeah. self-hate. It's not my self hate. Nope. Self hate. Nope. Self hate. The self hate. The self hate. The self hate that attached itself to you. Yes. Right. It's like in in our practice we talk about the ego. It's not my ego. It's the ego that got formed in in this whole process. Yes. Yeah. It's the yeah. It's an It wants to pretend it's you. It wants to be you, but it's not. Yes, but it's it and it's quite good at it. It's quite good at masquerading. It's very good at it. That's right. Yes. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's a master. It is. It's, mm -hmm. it's an interloper though. It's an interloper. It is. It, it's an invader. It yes. That's right. And it can pretend to be your best friend. It can pretend um to be on your side in any relationship, you know, helping you understand what the other person is thinking and what they mean and what that, right? And funny, everything that they think and say and mean fits perfectly with the self-hatred that I'm looking to inside my head to guide my life. Yes. Which is truly terrifying. Well, it is. And it showed up everywhere um, for me. Um, there was at least, mm -hmm. I can't really mm -hmm. think of an area of life 
um, where it didn't show up. In fact, um, uh-huh. I was speaking to Eric Maisel yesterday and <clears throat> he has a kind of a way to visualize your mind as a room. And um, he uses the visual of a bed of nails um, and mm. asks you to call the movers and have the movers move that bed of nails out of your <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my mind room had uh, nails on the floor and the walls and the ceiling yeah. um, because really I I worked harder and harder and harder and harder to meet these elusive standards. Yeah. And as a woman, I will tell you that when I was suffering the most, so um, as I sacrificed more and more and more of the true self, right? That mm-hmm. is still in there, right? It's in there. We don't, that never leaves us. I feel like it just becomes no. quieter and smaller and like it's waiting there maybe for us to say, oh, there you are. I'm going to come back yeah. to you. And the the image uh, with what you're describing to me that works really well is an abused child uh, and and abused. If you've ever uh, been around a dog who's been abused, where they where they flinch when you come near them. Yes. Yes. That it just on the alert all the time watching for the next the next blow that's going to that's going to come. Yep. Um, And so that's that's really the relationship that we find ourselves in with with ourselves as you say it's still there mm-hmm. it's just so um uh what so many layers on top of it yes and i you, you know a little excavating well and self-hate um draws a lot of energy right so self-hate just sucks up all you have to give it um because right. it right? right like it 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 needs that it needs to be believed um that's right. And so because it wants to be your life. It ex- wants your life force. Yeah, exactly. I, I describe it mm-hmm. sometimes as um self, you know, self-hate was driving the car. Um yes. now I I can I can scooch uh self-hate out of the driver's seat and actually tell self-hate to get out of the car. Yes. Uh, which yes. is that I so for me, I, I just want to make sure that that is clear. Um, for our listeners, you oh, can not free yourself. Yes, you can free yourself. Yes. 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 In fact, the 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 process that got us to this point um, is very much it, the process that takes us out of it is the reverse of that. Right. So if we listen to all of these messages. Um, in order to to wind up in this place of being controlled by self hatred, um, of and and by the way, just one little point to to make here, that self hatred is fueled by suffering. So it is constantly uh, angling to get us into difficult situations. It's it's pushing for relationships not to work, for jobs to fail, for bad money decisions, for all of those things that take a person into into suffering because that we're we're so much more vulnerable and open to the messages then mm-hmm. happy people happy people don't don't suffer from self-hatred okay so 
it just a you know a little something to consider why uh, why there's so much resistance to letting self hatred go and getting to a place of well being. Why do we run into so much resistance, internal resistance? Well, because that system doesn't want to let us go. It lives off of our life force. Well, and I thought that I also so. <clears throat> I thought that that the sacrifices I was making, the suffering I was enduring, first of all, that's just how I thought life was. So that's first. Yes. But second, yes, yes, yes. right. Exactly. I mean, that's the that's a normal yes. a normal life experience. So sad. It is very yeah, sad because so we just have this yeah. one incarnation of this life, and you know, that's right. Uh, gosh, to live that's it like it. that, um, mm. it really is. Uh, uh, quite, quite sad, quite sad. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That I, people, yeah. people will choose to end their one and only human carnation yes. because, because they're suffering without ever having the information that that suffering is completely unnecessary. Exactly. That, that and that is the saddest thing of all. And that it's not keeping you in line. Like I thought, oh, this is what's driving my success. This is what's driving my discipline. Right. This is what's driving my my sobriety, my food recovery, my I'm being the right kind of thin and I'm trying to stay the right kind of youthful by injecting all That's kinds right. of stuff into my face. And, you know, at, at the mm -hmm. height of my suffering, I couldn't smile literally because of oh. all the filler, all the filler and all the Botox. Oh. I could not smile. Because it was more important to, to self-hate for me yeah. to look youthful because youthful-looking thin women are valuable, yeah. says self-hate. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. That is self-hate. That, that's a perfect description of it. Yeah. And, and self-hate is such a – people will say, Sherry, you're so extreme in your language. Self-hate – I mean, I'm kind of hard on myself once in a while. Mm-mm. No, it's only when we get to really critical places in our lives that we find out what self-hate really is. So, yes. um, you know, you've experienced a huge loss. You know, maybe you've lost a loved one. And here comes self-hate with stories of how you should have done this and you didn't do that and you didn't really care and you didn't. So it's really important as you're when, with that uh, image that you're, you're presenting there for us to realize that all of that is self-hatred. It's, it's every one of those Botox injections is, is a message that says you are not lovable. You are not worthwhile. This, yep. this will help you, help you pass. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a few minutes before our next break. I don't want to give this short shrift, but can we talk a bit about um, the, because we talked about comparison. We didn't really call it that, but when you're comparing yourself to standards, to other people, to your younger self, to an imagined version of yourself, that all is going to take you out of the now, out of happiness. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. self-hate, I think, loves that as a, um, as a tool. So mm -hmm. um, can we also talk a bit about how self-hate uses fear on us? Oh, oh, <laughs> thank you. Yes, that, that, that is a brilliant connection. Um, so, uh, Kirsten, the the thing the the language that I talk about most is um, is ego. Okay, so 
what happens in this process that we're describing is that we believe we are the person that we are becoming. We're leaving behind who we were, you know, the, the person who was unacceptable, unlovable, didn't meet the standards, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm becoming, I'm, I'm actually creating an ego. And, and many people can remember being around 12, 13, 14, something, puberty, and you actually create an identity for yourself. You decide how you smile and how you walk and how you dress and how, you know, all of those things. You're actually creating an identity, not who you are, right? But after a while, you believe it's who you are, yes. right? And, right? And so all of that is happening in a conversation in the head, right? And that's the critical piece of this to catch, that there is a constant uh, conversation going on inside our head mm-hmm. telling us what the world is like what people are like what we need to do how we need to be um, all of those all of those things now this is the really essential thing for us to get we are not saying those things we're hearing them we are not speaking that voice we are listening to it okay what we are is the awareness that can be aware of all of it. When we get pulled into believing that we are that conversation, it's just me thinking, I'm just talking to myself, I'm going over. When I believe that, then I am ripe for self-hatred. Yes. If I can keep that distance, that, and then with what you just described, I can watch that conversation go on. I can literally watch that periodically... Um, a conversation will start in my head about how it used to be, mm-hmm. uh, how I used to look, how I, gosh, I wish, I wish I actually looked like I looked 10 years ago when I hated the way I looked right. then, how wrong <laughs> right. I was, right? Oh my I, 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 I wish I could be, right? And mm-hmm. we can actually watch that conversation go on and get that I am an observer of this. That's yes. not me. And that is an piece of this puzzle to get. It's what happened to you when you read that book, right? Yes. You, you suddenly stepped back into yes. uh, a, a, an ability to observe what was going on with you, right? Exactly. And we call that disidentification, of course. And, and that's where the freedom is, right? Yes. I, you asked me a question. Oh, fear. Okay. Okay. So, we have to, <laughs> we actually have that. to, t- yeah, we're coming up on our next oh. break. So that's okay. So fear. As- Yes. So when we come back, we have one more segment. When we come back, I want to touch briefly on kind of fear because that uh, mm-hmm. self-hate right, mm-hmm. uses that uh, mm. for credibility. Mm. Uh, and yep. then um, I want to touch on awareness work so that um, listeners kind of have an idea of what that might look like. Um, and then we mm-hmm. don't want to uh, forget our recording and listening. So uh, we're going to take a, a quick break and come back with Sherry Huber. You're listening to Freedom for Humans, and we will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host, and I'm here with Sherry Huber. And um, before we went to break, we were talking about um, how self-hate uses fear um, to give it credibility. Can you talk a bit about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so much of it, uh, Kirsten, goes right back to that childhood stuff, right? So we were controlled by fear. We were trained by fear. Uh, when, it's, you know, you're a little kid and, and people get really upset and they yell at you and they threaten you and you don't know what they're going to do. I mean, your parents know they're not going to kill you. But as a little kid, you don't know they're not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And so we become afraid of, of what's going to happen to us. And as we go on, instead of um, being helped through that uh, to realize, yeah, every, everything probably isn't a life-threatening situation, it gets reinforced. Um, and then the voices just take that. And, you know, you have to be this way because what if you lose your job? What if, what if there's no money? What are you going to do? If, what if you get sick? What if, you, what if this? What if this? What if this? What if this? In fact, the thing that I'm most passionate about now, the topic, is anxiety, which, yes. of course, is just the, you know, the, the little sibling of fear. Fear. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's the same process. It's just on a continuum, right? And so, so people, uh, because there aren't that many truly fearful events in life. Uh, but anxiety is something that uh, can be used against us constantly. And so many people live in that world of worry, believing that the conversations in their head about what could go wrong are real and true, instead of realizing that, yeah, and almost none of that happened, and almost none of it ever happens, and it's mm-hmm. probably not going to happen. Exactly. And when, But when the body feels fear... Yep. Yep. It makes whatever the voice 
um, let's just call it self-hate. It makes whatever self-hate is saying to you feel really real because how can it not be, if it, if it wasn't real, I wouldn't be scared, but they're just, we have a little, that's right. And we have this little thing. Okay. First there's movement. So, you know, there's movement. The whole universe is in flux, right? First there's movement. There's a sensation. We have a thought about it, a label that goes with it. There's an emotional reaction to it. And there's a conditioned behavior pattern that goes with it, mm. right? So as soon as, and those are just like socks and a washer, right, for people. And so there, there it is. There's that sensation often in your third chakra, you know, your solar plexus, the uh, stomach area. You feel that sensation and it signals this shot of adrenaline through your system, which means you're in danger, and then we start scrambling inside the head for what do I do to save myself? What, what, what do I do to make myself safe? And, you know, you can just live a lifetime in that. Is there any truth to it? No. It's no. just a sensation in your body. But we believe it so deeply. Well, so like for an example just popped into my head. Like, let's say you get feedback um, at your job that your boss would like you to do something different. And so I use something that I've just nicknamed compassionate honest, compassionate honesty, which is just to report something like a journalist. Don't add anything to it. So my boss yes. asked me to write this report differently. Okay. So that's compassionate honesty to me. That's that's right. And oh that's my God. It. I that's or, all that happened. Right. That's all that happened. But that's usually not yes. what happens inside of us. Usually no. we, we are no we're upset. We're 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 insecure. We might Terrified. be angry. We might be defensive. Yes. We might think we're going to lose our job. Yes. We might feel bad about yes. ourselves. Like it's, I mean, and it's, we tell a whole story. I mean, or self-hate does, tells us a story. Yes. And then yes. fear, it taps fear on the shoulder and says, Hey, fear, come on. We're going to, we got to, yes. we got to mess her over today. Um, and, yeah. Let's ramp ugh. this up. And then you're just sitting in yeah. a creation of suffering that for me and for many of us requires anesthesia, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. And the whole point being, it's not based on anything. And that's what we have to get to. It's made up. Because what's possible, yeah, what's possible is to say to the boss, oh, oh, well, thank you for that guidance. Yes, I'm on it. Yeah. There, you've just done the very best you could to secure your job, right? Your boss thinks you're great because you're so agreeable versus what self-hate would do to us, which is make us, as you said, angry, defensive, frightened, weird, um, and not somebody uh, that the boss is particularly excited about. And that whole story uh, obscures the fact that it's based on nothing, a simple request that is easy to fulfill. Exactly. And that happens all day long to people. So let's talk about awareness. So let's say, um, you know, we have listeners that are aware of this. They're aware of self-hate. They understand it. They, they see it in their lives. What then? What then? <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Or as we like to say, what now? What okay, now? here we are now, and we have realized this. Um, and so, the, again, to me, the primary thing to, to uh, 
find our way out of this um, is to make that connection, have that realization that that system is not me. And so a simple, a simple intro, uh, I sit down for five minutes. We're not going to talk about meditation, right? Because that's, 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 that's just, that's too much to take on. Yes. (laughs) Right. But I'm just going to sit down in a, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to sit down in a comfortable chair and I'm just going to sit here and relax and breathe and watch what happens in my head. That's it. I'm just going to watch. And the only way I can watch is if I'm not engaged. And so uh, what I'll see is I get pulled into it. And so now I'm worrying about something. I'm in a conversation about whatever, something that's not going on. I realize, no, I'm actually just sitting here breathing. So I come back to awareness, right? I come back to awareness and then I watch the why I watch it happen again. Um, and that that really is the the simplest, quickest way for us to begin to have that distance between this this uh, program that we are living in that we think is us and our life and what what is actually possible for us, the larger reality that we can inhabit, one that's actually true and real and, by the way, happy. As you pointed out, it's not that life won't be painful. Life is painful. Life is painful, yeah. We have old age sickness and death and everything that happens in between. But that pain is not suffering. Suffering is what happens when we believe there's something wrong with what's happening. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So when you're going through something challenging, I so when I'm going through something challenging, if I find, um, if a voice comes in that says, "Well, this shouldn't be happening. This is such a shame." Uh, you know. Why did you? Why did you, Kirsten? Why why did you do that? If you only had, "Mm, it's not fair. uh." Okay. The Mm -hmm. moment that happens, I'm taken out of of the now which really has so much wonderfulness about it. In addition to the challenge, that's right. I'm completely taken out of it. It's blown up into something that it doesn't need to be. My emotions go nuts. And maybe I have an argument with my partner that leads nowhere uh, because it's based on all of this noise and not based on compassionate honesty, the compassionate honesty of a situation or of yourself. Right. And when you, the little thing about the newspaper, the, you know, that, that little deal that you, that you offered us a a few minutes ago, that's the, that's the whole thing. Whatever is going on, whatever arises in life, whatever unfolds in any given moment with it is the solution, but we don't get to have the solution offered to us because of what we've just been talking about. Because self-hatred, conditioned mind just takes us off into a story about what's wrong and what's missing and how it shouldn't be this way. And that's what we're living in rather than the situation as it actually is and the way through it that is available to us as soon as, you know, I think about the movie where somebody gets hysterical and somebody else slaps them. Um, yes. And that's, that's what that slap is, <laughs> right? It's like, would you calm down and get back here? Because once we're back here, then the next step is available to us. Exactly. And I found that, you know, it took up so much, so much space in my life and my, in my brain and in my body and everywhere. And when I 
started to clear it and clear the conditioning and do the awareness work. And I really did experience a rebirth. It's much quieter. It's much quieter. Oh, so peaceful. So peaceful. Again, back to the way it was when we were little kids. You know, life is friendly. The world is a friendly place. It's not hostile. It's not. The only thing that hates us lives inside our heads. Yes. And it's a parasite. Yes. Yes. It requires, it does require us to feed it in order to continue to exist. It has to be fed in water. If you starve it, it it tends to not want to hang out with you anymore. It withers and dies. And that's exactly what we have to do. And again, the thing that's so important, I think, for us to get is we're stuck in this because we're good people. We're not stuck in self-hatred because we're bad people. Bad people don't suffer from self-hatred, right? Good people do. Because we're trying so we're hard. Trying, trying so hard. Yes. To be good yeah. people. And <laughs> to be good people. And that, that obliterate obscures the fact that we already are good people. Yes. And that's what we're that's what we're getting to. That's what we're closing in. That who we are authentically is goodness. Our goodness it it exists. It's already established. And now we're trying to uh to find that in ourselves moment by moment by moment and live from that goodness because that's that's where the happiness is yes and it's not selfish that's the other point we have to make right there's nothing selfish about this in fact it is the most unselfish thing we can do because a happy person is a caring loving generous grateful person yes people who are unhappy people are who are locked in self-hatred they're miserable and they do Sometimes terrible things. Well, yeah, yeah, we all know the terrible things that we've done when we're in the grip of self-hatred. Yes. So in our, yes, in our remaining moments. So just very, (laughs) very quickly, I know we could talk all, you know, Sherry and I were like, can we talk about this for a week? Um, I did a, (laughs) a, I did a very brief right before we got on, I did a recording and listening and I, this is such a special, truly, this is such a special moment for me. I, I wanted to record the specialness and how I was experiencing it and where I was sitting here at the beach in this little beach house. And, and three years, you know, from beginning this work, I'm getting to interview Sherry. And so I, I recorded that to witness this special moment that I was having and then listened to it back. Uh, so that's. And, just and the- what was, what was that like to listen to it back? It it was it was wonderful actually it it that step um, as we're running out of time I'm so sorry everyone but don't miss that step and um, of listening to it back. Yes. Record so it, can I give can I give the 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 website? It's uh, it's all written out recordingandlistening.org and there's yes. just tons of stuff on it about how to do it. But the main thing is what we're doing with recording and listening is replacing the negative messages with what is true, not with what is positive, although what is true is positive. And so we can make recordings about, you know, there you are at the beach and and how beautiful it is and uh, what you love in life and what you appreciate and what you enjoy and what what the gifts that you've received and the things that you're excited about and you record all that's true about who you really are and then you listen to it. (laughs) And, and it helps us to realize 
yes, that's who I am. Not that negativity in the head. That's the person I really am. That's who I want to go through life with. And what a wonderful way to leave it. If we're still on, I think we've run a little bit over potentially. Thank you so much, Sherry. This has been wonderful. Thank you for listening to Freedom for Humans. Anytime. You can find Sherry at livingcompassion.org, recordingandlistening.org, and openairwithsherryhuber.org. And you can find me at giraffetangleoctopus.com and across social media at GTO Coaching. Love yourself, free yourself, be yourself, and dance your own tango. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime, dance your own tango. Tango.